Welcome to Tablets Parsha in Progress, where we talk about the Torah portion of the week and why it matters. I'm Abigail Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year, 18 Holidays, One Wandering Jew. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, head of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And we're talking Torah together, not just because the Hebrew Bible is so challenging and relevant today, but because we've found that this ancient text comes to life in conversation, especially between two people who practice Judaism very differently. Hi, Dove. Hi, Abby. So this week's Parsha is Parsha Toldot, which means... Generations. And we're talking about how to square the immoral actions of Jacob and the patriarchs. Yeah. Right? Just generally, we've got this story where Jacob, at the behest of his mother, Rebecca, who is suddenly kind of scheming and suggesting that her son pull the wool over his father's eyes. Who's blind. Who's blind. His father, Isaac, is blind. Go to your dad and basically say that you're your brother, Esau, right. who is the firstborn and deserves the birthright. Yeah. You're going to take it yep. from him. And ultimately, you will get the blessing and you will go on to great things. And he listens to her. Like and any good Jewish son her. listens to his mother. And he cheats Esau out of something that was deservedly his. By presenting himself as his brother. Yep. So let's read the verse. Well, and then Esau finds out and he's murderously angry. And I'm going to, and, and he, like, he just exclaims. And here I'm reading from chapter 27, verse 36. And he says, Vayomer, and he said, Hachi karashimo Yaakov vayakveni zepamaim. Ah, this is why he's called Jacob, because he's tricked me twice. So actually cementing the idea that our very name is associated with tricking and deceiving. So, so the question this parsha raises for me, and I think raises for a lot of people, is by the, by the Bible telling the story of our patriarch, of Jacob, does it wind up holding this type of behavior up as a, as a model, as an exemplar, or at least condone it? Well, especially because it's not the only instance of deception. It's almost like it gets passed down in the generations. Talking about Toldot, yeah. like Rebecca gave this idea to Jacob, her son. Right. Then Jacob ultimately is tricked himself, mm-hmm. right, by his father-in-law, then right. by his sons, yep. then one of his sons tricks the, the rest of the of the brothers. In other words, it's like in their DNA now. Is yeah. it in our DNA yeah. as a people right. that somehow we're like, you know what, this is, this is not just a strategy, but it's okay. And by extension, you know, this becomes the stereotype of the Jew as the trickster, the schemer, uh, willing to do anything in order to make a profit. And uh, we get criticized by, you know, and, and we've suffered as a result of this stereotype. And, you know, this seems to confirm this ugly stereotype. And actually, Christians in the Middle Ages used this story to say, you Jews are tricksters. You are schemers. That's what Jacob is. The Torah says it. The Torah says it. And by the way, fascinating aside, in the rabbinic mindset, Esau represents Christianity. So that old struggle is back. And Esau is once again saying, ah, you're Jacob, you're the trickster. But I still have a problem with the idea that this guy is held up as a role model, which you would think the patriarchs are, even with their flaws, that we're somehow supposed to emulate them. I don't, even though I'm uncomfortable with how Christians have used the story to fuel their anti-Semitic bile, <laughs> I, I still don't, I'm not going to 
say that it because of that, because it of that, answer the problem, right? Because of that bastardization of a story, mm-hmm. um, that I can't wrestle with the fact that it it is not actually a model for behavior. Absolutely, and you know, a traditional way of dealing with this problem is to excuse it, is to paper over it to some degree. That was in order when you to say traditional, meaning the medieval commentators, you know, the, like the rabbis, the rabbis, right? They to defend Jacob's honor and probably uh, to respond to the Christian attack, said, oh, actually what he did wasn't so bad. Actually what he did was totally moral. Um, like an extreme example of this is, you know, when he comes and he presents himself as Esau and he says, I am Esau, your firstborn. They say, oh, we have to reread that first. What he's really saying is, I am who I am and Esau is your firstborn. Two thoughts. So that in a sense, they put in a punctuation that makes him not a liar. Technically not a liar. And But what's what's the what's the message? What's the lesson? When we repeat this, if this becomes part of, our edu- of how we're educating our kids, which often is the case, at least within traditional circles, then the, at the, the cost of defending the honor of Jacob is teaching that it's okay to lie and to cheat as long as, oh, technically you're not exactly selling a lie. So you're acknowledging that he's a liar. Is that the end of the story <laughs> for you? Or is there an yet? Uh, there are there are two and yet. One and yet is that I don't think the Torah is condoning it. I think if you continue to read the story, you see that he suffers a great deal and the tricks. How? Well, the same way he deceived others. If you read, continue reading the story, he gets deceived. He suffers. So that's a punishment. So, so that's a punishment, which at least karma. solves karma. If you do put evil out there, it'll come back to you. Maybe God is doing it back to you. But at least the Torah. And is not condoning this type of if immoral If you lie, behavior. you will be lied to. Right. And the, the the real message message I get, and I think in terms of my circles, the traditional Orthodox community has to learn, is you have to call out this problem or else you are continuing to say that that immoral behavior is okay. And you have to say clearly this was wrong and he was he was suffer- and he was punished. He suffered. I think for me, and this is true more in general about sacred texts, we're often so we the you know Orthodox community are often so ready to defend the text or the morality of the actors that we wind, wind up condoning wrong behavior. Um, so for me, a critical message is that we have to acknowledge that what Jacob did is wrong. See that he got punished and. Uh, Allow the fact that our patriarch isn't perfect, but but that's more important. Uh, allow the fact that our patriarch isn't perfect, and that's I think that's worth it in order to not perpetrate bad behavior. He still got rewarded. He still got the birthright. I'm not sure the punishment was enough. Uh, I hear that problem. I, you're right. It hasn't really been resolved, but I think it starts by acknowledging the problem and not papering over it. So, bottom line, Abby, what's your takeaway? Is Jacob nobody special? Obviously, he's special, but the ends don't justify the means. And I think it's another example of our Torah saying, uh, look beneath the surface. Don't accept what's just presented to you. Uh, just because someone's behavior, I think it's another example of our of our Torah challenging us to sort of see the humanity and actually be critical of it and say, I there are parts of this that I admire and parts that I reject. The only thing I would add to that personally is that I need to couple that critique together with a sense of reverence. He's a patriarch. He's one of our patriarchs. You know, part of my traditional orientation is he has to be revered while at the same time, it's okay to raise the problems and to raise the critique. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Parsha in Progress is hosted and written by Abby Pogrebin and Rabbi Dove Linzer. 
The show was edited by Jacob Siegel, produced by Josh Cross, and is executive produced by Tablet Magazine. Thanks for listening. Is. You know, can I just tell you, you know, there's a famous line, I think it was by Pascal, who said, no, it was by, uh, yeah, I think it was Pascal, he said, excuse me for writing such a long letter, I didn't have time to write a short one. <laughs> but I have to say, this is also what just doesn't happen, which is being able to actually be honest about some of these reactions and not feel yeah. like, is there, is there some kind of orthodoxy about even opinion when it comes to this? Like, mm. do you have a right to respond honestly to a text that's endured this long. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's part of what I think people wrestle with and that I'm sort of the every Jew coming at it right. mm-hmm. more than you guys are. That's why, yeah, that's why I think the descriptions, and maybe if we, when we do scripts for another one, of the emotional response to a text mm-hmm. is like you read a few verses and saying something like, I mean, you know, when I first read this, like, it was crazy. Shocking. Like, it's insane yeah. that, like, the right. patriarchs who we evoke in, like, prayer, or I remember my mom talking about it, is, like, doing this stuff, or, like, like I think there's a lot, even Orthodox Jews, people who know the Torah, when you actually read the partial, like, there's crazy stuff you don't realize isn't there, and there's something about... Being honest about what I didn't even yeah. mention is that in traditional thought and Kabbalistic thought, Jacob represents the attribute of truth. <laughs> So, <laughs> of course, there's a biblical ver- there's a verse in one of the prophets that says, "Give truth to Jacob," and the answer is because he really needs it. 